All right, so I have the opportunity to kick off our new series, Words, A Matter of Life and Death. And tonight we're going to be talking about the power of words. The power of words. Now, have you guys ever thought something wasn't really a big deal, and then later on you found out that it was actually a really big deal? Does that happen to anyone? Well, this happened to me uh, when I was in middle school, all right? So there's my brother, my twin brother. All right, so we share a room, and, you know, sometimes uh, at night it would be dark, and, you know, we would just talk, you know? So this one particular night, uh, he has this friend, her name was Cassie, and I thought he liked her. He said he didn't, but whatever. Uh, and I was like, I was just on another level this night, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make fun of Cassie, all right? So I was just going in on this girl. She was a nice girl, but I was just going in on her just to mess with him. So I was like, yo, Cassie got a big head. She got a five head. I was like, you can watch a movie on that head. And I was like, yo, Cassie, she is ugly. U-G-L-Y, ugly. And I'm just going on and on and on. And he's kind of, you know, saying stuff back. And then, you know, it's, it's dark, you know, so you can't see each other. And so at one point, it just gets quiet. And I'm like, okay, whoa, this is, what is happening? And then I feel two hands around my neck. <laughs> and I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what is happening? You can turn the lights back on. This man tried to kill me. This man tried to choke me out. Because I was making fun of Cassie, all right? And so I didn't think it was a big deal at the time. But I learned very quickly as his hands gripped my neck <laughs> that it was pretty serious. Now, I want to tell you guys about another time where people in history didn't think something was a big deal. But it turned out to be a really big deal. Now, this right here, his name is Ignaz Weiss. But that name's too hard. So we're going to call him Iggy, all right? So Iggy was a doctor from 1846. Now, he worked at two clinics, all right? One was staffed by doctors. The other was staffed by midwives or nurses. And there was a problem at these, at these clinics or at one clinic. At one clinic, the, w the one where the doctors worked at, the women in, oh, they, like, delivered babies there. The women and children were dying at a five times higher rate than they were at the ones with the midwives. And so Iggy had to figure out what is causing this. So the first thing he did was he went to the midwives clinic and he, he saw that they gave birth on their sides. I don't know how, but yeah, they gave birth on the sides. So he was like, all right, we're going to do that at the doctors. That didn't change anything. Then he found that at the doctor's clinic, every time a woman or child uh, passed away, they would go through, there would be priests that would, whoa, is that like my beard? It's probably my beard. Anyway, there would be priests that would go through and ring a bell every time. And so, this is 1846, so he's like, the bell, it's the bell. <laughs> so, he's like, we're going to stop ringing the bell. Didn't work. So, next thing he, he found out was that at the doctor's clinic, they would perform autopsies on these women and children that, that passed away 
and literally go right into the delivery room after touching these dead bodies. Now, they didn't wear gloves, okay? They didn't, 1846, you know, it's a different time. <laughs> and so it sounds crazy to us, but germs and stuff like that, that wasn't really a concept. And so Iggy was like, you know what? We're going to try something different. There, there was a stench to them. And so he told them to wash their hands and their instruments in lime-scented chlorine because he just thought it was a scent. And immediately the death rate dropped. And today, hand-washing and washing your instruments has saved more lives than any medical breakthrough in the history of medical breakthroughs. And so something that seemed so small, washing your hands, turned out to have a huge impact. Now if we go back to that, the name of the series, Words, A Matter of Life and Death. Now you can look at that and be like, come on, that's a little dramatic, words, the power of life and death, come on, man. And I mean, I hear you. I hear you. But tonight is all about the power of words. And you can ask yourself, what's the big deal about words? Why can't, oh my God. <laughs> I knocked over my water bottle and I thought the cap was off. Anyway, <laughs> what's the big deal about words? Why can't I say what I want to say? Because we're taught growing up, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Another one that I like was, I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. See, that was the ultimate comeback because they couldn't say anything because I'm rubber. So whatever you say is going to bounce off. So you can't even say nothing. That's, that's the ultimate comeback. You think no one can say anything. Now, other things were taught growing up. Now, all the, the middle schoolers knew this, so you guys better know this. <laughs> Who knows what the First Amendment is? Free, there it is. Freedom of speech. One person knew this. That's okay. Freedom of speech. We're taught these things growing up. The freedom of speech. That words don't hurt. But words are a matter of life and death. Now, in Proverbs 18, 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. There's another version that says, those who love to talk will bear the consequences. I like that version. Those who love to talk will bear the consequences. Now, on average, we speak around 16,000 words a day. That's a lot. That's about every day, if we put those words in a book, it would be a 60-page book every day that you're writing. So you're pretty much writing a series every day. You might want to start recording yourselves or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about it like that, it's easy to be like, well, I mean, it's, hard, it's a lot of words. How can I measure each one? How can I weigh each one? 
see in Matthew 12, verse 36 and 37, it says, But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Now that verse kind of scares me. It says every empty word. Because that whole time I was making fun of Cassie, saying she got a big head, and she got a five head. Those are empty words. Words that have no meaning. If you, if I would have never said it to her. She's a nice girl. Like I would have never told her she had a big head. But if I'm on the judgment seat and God's like, "Why'd you say that?" I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of scary to me. You see, our words matter. And maybe it doesn't sound like a big deal to you, or that it's okay to be careless with our words because we say so many every day. But our words have power, whether we accept it or not. So let's talk about how our words have the power of life. In Genesis 1-3, this is the beginning of the universe, right? It doesn't say, you know, when God's creating the universe, it's not like a it says he spoke. It says he called the light day. He called the dark night. He didn't have to speak the universe into existence. He could have just, and it's just there. But it says he spoke it. You see, he creates and he calls. He creates and he identifies. Now, words have life. You know, I can give you guys an example right now. If you guys have ever seen, like, a sports movie or, like, or if you've played on a sports team, there's always, what, a speech. That's just in anywhere. There's always, like, a halftime speech or, like, a pregame speech or something. And there's also people called motivational speakers. And there's one guy that I really like a lot. His name is Eric Thomas. And this guy just speaks with like he just makes you just want to run through a wall after this guy talks and he has this one like mantra got you he has this one mantra <laughs> and it's I can I will I must and so you know what? I want to try this out we're gonna we're gonna just say this right now I want everyone to stand up yes right now so I need you guys to say this with, like, passion, all right? Don't just, I can, I will, I must. All right, I need you guys to say it with passion, all right? So you just repeat after me, all right? You guys ready? All right, say, I can. I will. I must. One more time. Say, I can. I will. I must. Oh, I feel good. One more time. Say, I can. I will. I must. All right, you guys sit back down. I started feeling it. I was like, I want to keep going. But do you, do you guys feel any different right now than you did 15 seconds ago? And that was like what? We said, I can, I will, I must. That's like four, four words. Four words. 
it's for it's because I just one word. Anyway, <laughs> we said these words, and now you feel different. You feel life. You felt an energy come out of you. I I sure felt it. I gotta tell you, I really felt it. But that's the power of life. But our words also have the power of death. Now, I found this out the hard way when my brother tried to choke me because I was calling Cassie ugly, but (laughs) there's also examples in the Bible. In Genesis 3, this is when the serpent deceives Adam and Eve. Bars. The enemy... (laughs) No one got that. Anyway... You see, the enemy uses words to bring death. Even though the words the serpent was was speaking weren't true, it didn't make the words less powerful. They still had power, even though those words weren't true. And isn't that true for us? When people tell us, hey, you're ugly, you're fat, you're this. It's not true. But we still get hurt by them. We still feel the weight of those words. There's another example in the Bible about the power of death. And that is with Jesus. Did you know that words are what led to Jesus being crucified? Now, we know he got arrested, and that he got brought before Pilate. But Pilate found him innocent, and it says that he wanted to let Jesus go. And as a matter of fact, he was afraid when he found out that Jesus was the Son of God. He was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want anything to do with this. But the mob of people kept saying, crucify him, crucify him, and eventually Pilate gave in. It says in Luke 23, 23, but with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. Now, Pilate knew Jesus was innocent, but he still condemned him to be crucified because of these words and the power of death that they had. This is why our words are a big deal. They can either bring life or they can bring death. Now, as I close out, I want to go back to the story of our guy, Iggy. You see, Iggy didn't really have an explanation as to why this washing hands dropped the mortality rate. And he couldn't explain it to the doctors. And the doctors criticized him. They made fun of him. They ridiculed him to the point where he got fired. And furthermore, it was hard for the doctors to accept it because that would mean that the doctors had some responsibility for the death of these women and children. That would mean that they played some part in these women and children dying. And it was hard for them to accept. Yet when hand-washing was practiced, 
the mortality rate drops from 30% to 1%. And when they fired Iggy, it went right back up to 30%. These doctors made fun of him and ridiculed him for suggesting that this small thing could save this many lives. And yet, like I said at the beginning, hand washing has saved more lives than any medical breakthrough in the history of medical breakthroughs. You see, it turned out that washing your hands, something that we consider small, something that we consider sometimes useless, something that the doctors thought wasn't a big deal, washing hands turned out to be a matter of life and death. You see, these, these doctors couldn't accept that their actions caused the deaths of these women and children. And I ask you guys tonight, are you guys going to be like those doctors? You see, because the power of our words hold life and death. Are we going to take responsibility for that? Now, I could be honest with you guys. Um, me and my brothers and sisters, I have, I'm the youngest of eight. And we grew up being super sarcastic towards each other. And we still kind of are. And I'm trying to get out of that now. But every time we talk, it's someone getting cut down. Someone getting made fun of. And now I know I don't like that. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, these are my brothers and sisters. Like, I love them more than anything. Like, I don't want to talk down to them. And now I'm having to, I remember I tried telling each of them I love you, like, within a week. Each person, it was when I was down here, they live in New Jersey, and I tried to text each of them each night, like something like, hey, I really appreciate you, like, you've been a good big brother, da-da-da, or you've been a good big sister, something like that. And I said, I love you at the end. And each time they, they responded, it was, are you okay? And I was like, yo, I'm just trying to tell you, like, what you mean to me, like. And they would all be like, are you okay, like. Did something happen? Like, they thought something was wrong. I was like, I'm just trying to express to you how I feel. Because, you see, speaking life is a choice. Being encouraging is a choice. You're going to have to choose it every day. I have a reminder in my phone every day at noon pops up, encourage someone. Whatever that means to say it so to someone, text someone, or call someone, whatever it is. And I try to do it every, every time it pops up. And every time I do, I get blessed by it, or they get blessed by it. And it's hard. Like, I get it. Like, it's easier for friends to look at each other and make fun of each other than it is to say, hey, I care about you. Because think about it. If you turn to your